And I'm so looking forward to the things that God's going to do in us and through us when we are released from this debt. Baylife Church is a finished church. This church, in a little over 14 months, raised a million and a half dollars. We're going to be done with that here at our church by the grace of God. The purpose of the church is for everybody to know Jesus. My prayer is that today we would see God rise up in us and we would be a part of uh, something that's historic around here. Uh, but for us to have this response, uh, I'm just blown away, overwhelmed by God's grace. Gospel, Jesus, the kingdom over everything else. When Jesus comes into our hearts, he takes us from being sinful to sinless. Whatever God leads you to do by faith, he will provide you the grace and mercy to accomplish and finish for his glory's sake. Yeah! That is right. I think, we, I think we, we'll keep the thunder sticks going around here. We'll just have them every week. What do you think? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your response. Uh, yeah, just don't sue us when your kids use them to poke each other in the eye after this. Hey, uh, it's the time in our service where we take our offering. I think it's fitting on a day where we're celebrating God's offering through us that we take our offering, so let's, uh, let's do that. Will you pray with me? Let's pray. Hey, God, thanks for a great day. It's a big one in our church's history, uh, a day that we celebrate what you've done in making us debt-free. Uh, use these gifts for your glory, God, and, uh, and lead us into our future with you uh, so that we can make you known here and around the world. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. amen. Again, thanks for coming. If you're uh, visiting, uh, we are celebrating a special day because uh, it's been almost three years, uh, but we are a church that is out of debt. And I just kind of want to walk through with you the, the, the rise up by the numbers. We're just going to walk through how this all happened in, J in July 2012. Uh, we were 3.5 and some change in debt, and uh, the elders and I prayed and, and determined uh, that that could not be any longer. We needed to do something about that, and so we came to you guys uh, over the course of about six or eight months, and we started talking about that in March of 2013. We had our commitment Sunday, and since then, 970 households have donated to the Rise Up campaign overall. Uh, all of you, the, the, the largest gift we got was $250,000, the smallest gift we got was a buck, and we're grateful for all of them in between, right? Uh, because everybody did their part, and here we are, a debt-free church. Uh, thanks for everybody who was a part of those uh, 970 households. In fact, uh, i got to tell this story real quick, right up until uh, this past week, uh, we, had, we had determined by faith that we were going to be able to celebrate uh, being debt-free on this Sunday, but we didn't know we were going to be debt-free on this Sunday. Does anybody know what I'm talking about on that, right? We, we're kind of just, you know, forecasting and figuring out, you know, this could possibly be the day. 
uh, but we weren't sure. In, in case we weren't out of debt, uh, we had uh, determined that we were going to be able to take some of the money that we need out of our savings and recoup it and things like that. Let me just tell you real quick how that didn't have to be done because uh, this past Thursday, uh, uh, a, a guy who doesn't you know, really come to our church or hasn't come to our church for that long came in and gave us a very generous gift that covered not just what was left over in Rise Up, but also sets us off in the black in that fund, and we're heading towards the things uh, that God would use uh, for us in the future. So we are truly out of debt, plus, yeah, God, for that. <laughs> yeah, God. Overall, 60, uh, 683 households uh, pledged uh, during the course of this campaign. Uh, 203 households have finished that. Now, uh, this math isn't going to work exactly. Some people dropped out for different reasons, but there's about 418 households that are still giving towards their pledge. We finished without everybody who has pledged finishing their pledge. Many of you have you know, stretched it out over the entire campaign, which is supposed to end next March. Uh, some of you are like, well, good, we're done. I'm done. Awesome. Uh, and that, that certainly can happen. Uh, you know, We're not going to come after you if you don't finish your pledge or anything like that. Uh, but, but 203 families have, and, and, and if you sense that God is leading you to keep giving towards the, the completion of your pledge, I, I, would, I would be responsive to the Holy Spirit in that. Uh, because all the money that you give, I've got to make sure I say this very carefully, all the money that you give is, is not going to be just kind of flushed into the rest of our systems and all the other things that are going on around here. It's going to stay in that pot so that the next things that we do, building-wise and, and project-wise here at our church, that money will be the seed money for those next things. We're going to try to do as many of the things as we can do around here debt-free. That is, that is, that is our, our heart as a church. And so we're going to start raising money towards things that we see God leading us to. And, and Rise Up will continue to be a fund that is used for that. So if you want to keep going with your pledge, please do. And uh, we'll just hold that money for the things that God has next. Now, this, is, this was awesome to me. 200 households. Uh, that were a part of our church, gave to rise up, even though they hadn't pledged to rise up. And you're like, what's the big deal with that? Well, that means that probably a, a bunch of those people came to our church in the last two or so years, two and a half years, uh, and they, they got on board even though they weren't here when we started. And uh, it just goes again to show that uh, it takes all of us to accomplish the things that God has for us uh, as a church. Uh, we were 133 days ahead of schedule, uh, so that was pretty cool. And then this is my favorite one. Uh, if you remember me talking about this in the beginning of Rise Up, one of the reasons that we wanted to be done with debt is that we wanted to be done with debt, but we didn't want to incur any more of the interest payments that would go to the bank over the life of this loan. If we had just done nothing and just paid this loan out in the, in the course that it was supposed to be paid out, uh, uh, we would have paid an additional $1.3 million in interest. That's what we saved our church by getting done when we got done. So yeah, God, for that. We shaved, off, uh, we shaved off 18 years from our 30-year mortgage, we, uh, uh, and, and this is my favorite number of the morning, it's $3,405. Uh, this is the amount uh, that the kids that are sitting in this room, many of them, uh, put in piggy banks and things like that as part of our first Rise Up Sunday, they came up and dropped those banks uh, here on our stage. And so kids, I know you're out there, I'm so glad you're here, I'm so glad we gave you some bang sticks to hit on there. But if, if you're a child in this room, just pop your kids up on the seats. Let's celebrate the kids of Bay Life Church, the kid lifers. Thank you for your generosity. Way to go, guys. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, you can sit down. See, these kids are going to think that the big church is, is thunder sticks and cupcakes every week. That's what they're going to think. They'll never go back to kids' church again. It's like, really? Thunder sticks and cupcakes? I'm going with you. Some of you might be asking, uh, what are we going to do with our mortgage uh, money that we're, we're saving? Because here's what's happened. While we've been giving towards Rise Up, we've been paying from our general budget about $26,000, $27,000 a month towards our mortgage. It was just a part of our, of our budget. Uh, starting this, this month, we don't have to make that payment anymore. So uh, <clears throat> just so you're aware of what we're going to do with that money that's come free in our budget, uh, we're going to take uh, as, as much of it as we can and start saving it into the Rise Up Fund so that we have the money for the things that God has next. Uh, we're going to take some of it and we're going to start doing special projects around here uh, because there's many things that we've kind of just, you know, let go because we've been trying to save, you know, and, and get our, reti- our debt retired. Like I drive past an exit sign, I've been using this all morning, but I drive past an exit sign on my way out of here uh, that has paintballs all over it, you know, paint, you know, so there's just little cleanup things and and some touch-ups and some, some you know, uh, cosmetic changes that have been needed uh, that, that we're going to just take care of with that money. Uh, finally, we're going to uh, increase some of our ministry budgets to our children and students and, uh, and, and hopefully raise up the quality of ministry uh, for our families around here. Uh, but, but, but just rest assured, it's all going to be allocated and, and stewarded uh, in, a, in a God-honoring way, and it's going to go towards people knowing who Jesus is here and around the world. It's been a great, I'm worn out. I'll tell you what, I, uh, I've, I've, uh, I haven't had this much fun going to church. I couldn't sleep last night. It's like Christmas. You guys were like, ah, oh, maybe not, but it was for me. I was like, you know, this is better than Christmas, and uh, uh, so I'm a little bit tired, but uh, uh, I'm so excited for what God's done, and uh, uh, I'm so proud of you as a church. Uh, I forgot to say this in the last two services. I'm proud of them, too, uh, but last night I just stood on the stage, and, and it just hit me. Uh, what God has accomplished through us, and, and that, that none of this is possible except that God assembles a, a body of believers like ours and gives them a heart for our mission and a heart for our church and, and then leads them to do what they've done and sacrificing and providing. And uh, I'm just so honored to be your pastor, and I'm so proud of you as our church, and, uh, and I just I thank you with all my heart. I, I want to close up just uh, saying, a, you know, uh, or sharing with you some of the takeaways that I'm taking from this process. Um, two years, seven months plus, uh, the things that God has taught me. You'll see that they correspond nice and neat with the uh, things that we talked about uh, over my head here, the, the sacri- surrender and sacrifice and faith and commitment. These are the things that we talked about as we prepared to make those pledges almost three years ago, and those are the things that God has taught me. First of all, God has taught me, and I hope us, uh, what it is to surrender. I-, I think there's like layers of surrender, isn't that true? Like we talk about around here all the time that we're more than comfortable giving God all this, but then there's parts of us who are like, eh, I don't know, I'm going to hold that back. And, and I think when it comes to finances and things of the financial uh, ilk, there, there's a lot of that. Uh, uh, but so many of you have, have gone above and beyond. This is a great time for me to remind you that while we were retiring $3.5 million of debt over the last two plus years, we were giving to our general budget uh, more than we've ever given to our general budget at the same time. So one of the great fears that I had, that just, you know, your pastor learned much about surrendering. I, I, I was worried about bringing this to our church for fear that uh, we would see a huge dip in the, the general giving of our church as we were trying to raise funds to be out of debt. And here's what God showed me. No, if you're faithful and you just challenge your people who are awesome, 
to give to these things. They'll give to that, and they'll give to this, and it'll be more than you've ever had on both fronts. So uh, God taught us, taught me specifically as your pastor, and hopefully taught us what surrender can produce. If we would just get out there and go further and deeper into surrender, uh, there's no telling what God would do. God led us to sacrifice, secondly. God led us to sacrifice. There's so many stories of people who, um, you know, even as we were preparing and talking about getting our own houses in order, you know, people just started living differently so that they could be available to God, not just with their finances, but with everything that they are, and be able to sacrifice to him on a different level. Um, so many stories of people, you know, trusting God uh, for their pledge to be fulfilled and seeing God bring money from places that they never saw. I think we shared, Eleanor and I shared, that uh, uh, we, we put a number out there that we just found ridiculous. We kind of giggled at it when we wrote it down. <clears throat> but we just figured, you know, maybe over three years, we'll be able to get this done somehow by the grace of God. And, and uh, uh, at, at the eight-month mark of, of Rise Up, that, that Christmas right after we started, we were about 60 or 70% done because on that Christmas, uh, we opened a card, a simple little Christmas card from a member of our family, and inside was a check for $10,000. That was the only time that had ever happened, and it hasn't happened since, and I keep looking for it, just so you know, every Christmas morning. <laughs> but it was, the one, it was a one-time. It, it was an extravagant, beyond-belief gift that happened that, and it went, it went from that Christmas card into our Rise Up uh, pledge, and, and that was how God got things done with us. And, and uh, as, as people are willing to sacrifice, I think God is he's just so glad to show up, isn't he? He's just so glad to be like, well, yeah, of course I'm going to. And, and he's just waiting for us to trust him. That leads me to these next things that God showed us up uh, or showed us the power of faith and commitment. He showed us the power of faith and commitment for us to uh, take on this endeavor. It took a lot of faith. Uh, we, we think we can give this much. We'll pledge and, and pray and hope. Uh, it takes a lot of commitment. There was probably times, as some of you were giving, you were like, you know what, I really could have used that money for something else this month. Uh, but I'm going to stick with what God has led me to do. And I, I, read your Bibles. I submit to you that, that the things that God has accomplished through his people have always required those two things, faith and commitment. You've got to believe and trust so that you can step out even in the first place, but then you've got to keep believing and trusting. You've got to stick with it. It's called forbearance or perseverance. And it's that commitment that brings about the rich rewards, the blessings that God wants to give us. One of my favorite characters in the scriptures is a guy named Moses. Moses uh, was hanging out, minding his own business. He was, uh, he was basically on the lamb. He had uh, murdered a, 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 a member of the Egyptian government when he was a younger guy, and he had just kind of bolted. He, was, he wasn't going to stick around for the trial. And so he's, uh, he's actually living in a place called Midian. He's He's watching his father-in-law's sheep. He's working for the, you know, for the, for the wife's dad, and um, he's just out there buying his own business. And one day, uh, a bush that he's near catches on fire. Remember the story? And a voice comes out of it and says, "Hey, it's me. Uh, I'm God. You're on some holy ground. Take off your slippers, and and let's talk." And they had this conversation. Moses is like, "You want me to do what?" And God says, "I want you to go." And I want you to talk to the most powerful man on earth and get my people out of his country. They're slaves there. It's time for them to be free. And Moses is like, you got the wrong guy. Wrong number. Bye. And, and, uh, and, and argues with God, but finally relents. Well, if you remember the story, he goes into town. He's like, how are we going to convince Pharaoh? Well, one of the first things that uh, God said to Moses to do to convince Pharaoh is throw your stick on the ground. I'll turn it into a snake. Pretty cool trick. So Moses is like, all right. So he throws his stick on the ground. And sure enough, snake. 
He says, pick it up. It's a snake. I'm not picking that up. Go ahead, pick it up. So he grabs the snake by the tail, turns back into a stick. That is a cool stick trick right there, right? And so Moses takes that into the Pharaoh, and none of the other wise men and sorcerers of Egypt were able to duplicate it. Like, and that was the beginning. There was 10 plagues in between, but finally uh, Egypt, and namely the Pharaoh, decides, oh, maybe there's something to this God of Moses, and, and he lets the, the children of Israel go. Well, I'm fast-forwarding through a lot of parts there, but, but they leave, and then the Pharaoh decides, remember that's part of the story, the Pharaoh decides, oh, mistake, we've got to get them back, that's the workforce, we've got to get them back, cheap labor, and so he sends his army to go get the Israelites back, and uh, they're at, the, at, the, at the, the beaches of the Red Sea, and Moses, Moses, Moses had the snake stick thing, but he, he didn't know how, I mean, boats, he maybe thought God was going to send some boats, Maybe while he was walking there, God would build a bridge, you know, but the Red Sea's got to get, we got to get across this thing. And God says to Moses, hey, remember your stick? Yeah. It's pretty cool when I made it a snake. Yeah. Tell you what you're going to do. Take that stick and go put it in the water. And as soon as you put the stick in the water, guess what's going to happen? The Red Sea is going to part. And all y'all, because God was Texan, all y'all are going to walk across the Red Sea. See, God had, had shown him the cool stick trick so that he would have the faith to go and, and stick that same staff in the water. Uh, and by faith, Moses did. And by faith, Moses did again and again and again. In fact, it got so old hat for Moses that he was just looking for God to do some more, more tricks with the stick. Hey, God, we're thirsty. Hey, take the stick and hit the rock. Wa-pam! Zephyr Hills for everybody, Right? Just bottles of water all over the place. Faith has that kind of gradual, progressive nature to it. Starts with something so that it can grow to something else and grow to something else. And as, as we stay committed in faith, we see incredible things. It's when we tap out on faith that we miss out on the reward that faith can bring. So I pray that you've learned those things. That God, uh, through Rise Up, has taught you and I surrender and sacrifice and faith and commitment. Some of you might be wondering, okay, so now we're out of debt. What comes next? So now what? I'll tell you what's going to happen for me. I'm going to go have one more cupcake and take a nap. That's what's happening with me. I'm out of here uh, because I'm all celebrated out. Uh, but we're going to just enjoy being debt-free. We're going to do those projects we talked about. We're going to start building uh, our funds so that as we get into the new year and I start talking about what I believe God has for us next, we'll be ready and, uh, and we'll, we'll enter into another phase like this where we get ready for the things that God has for us next. But overall, I want to make a commitment to you as your pastor. And it wouldn't be a good sermon if I didn't open God's word at least once. So let me just share with you one verse. It's from Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is written by one of the smartest guys to ever walk the earth. His name was Solomon. And Ecclesiastes 11.1 1 says this, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Ever read a verse in the Bible and been like, huh? This is one of those verses for me. In fact, I, I remember hearing this verse in song form growing, growing up in my house. If anybody else grew up in a house where the parents of the house listened to southern gospel music, my mom uh, really loved it. And there was this one band called the Gaither Vocal Trio or something like that, or whatever they were. Uh, and, uh, and they sang this song on one of their albums. I remember hearing it. Keep on casting bread upon the water. It's going to come back home. I don't know the rest, right? Okay? <laughs> Something like that. 
And I, I, so when I read this verse in my quiet time Monday, I was like, oh, yeah, the song. And then I, my second thought was, oh, yeah, I still don't know what that means. <laughs> and so I started digging around to find out what this text is about. And uh, Solomon is, is, is giving some wisdom, dropping some truth, and it's rooted in, in sea merchants. Uh, it's not sea urchins, but sea merchants. Uh, when you would uh, do sea uh, commerce back then, if you would invest in, in overseas commerce, you would take everything you had and you'd put it in this little boat, a little boat that was like uh, no, no more than a glorified canoe. If you've ever seen the boats of Solomon's day and age, uh, not real sea-worthy, all right? Uh, but there they were. They'd be out on, uh, uh, you know, on these boats, and, and merchants would come and just take all of their wares. Sometimes it was grain, hence bread, Okay? And they would put their, their, their wares, their bread, out on the waters. And in doing so, would risk much. I mean, think about what could go wrong with that, right? I mean, as soon as they're out of sight of shore, the captain and the crew could just say, good, we've got a whole boat of this stuff, and we're going to go and sell it for ourselves. The, the weather could come up, and the ship could be lost. It could be, listen, not just days, not just months. It could be years before the return of that investment came back to the merchant. But what did the merchant do? Every time he had enough stuff to fill a ship, he'd go down to the docks. He'd fill one up and send it out. Because you can't reap a reward as a merchant unless the ship leaves the dock. And so as a church, my, prayer, my commitment to you and my prayer for us is that we would always be a church that's ready to cast our bread out on the water, to see what God would have for us next, to meet, meet him in whatever challenge he has for us, whatever vision he wants to uh, lead us into. May we be a church that risks for him, knowing that when we do, when we uh, surrender, when we sacrifice, when, when we have faith and we stay committed to it, that that's when God's richest blessings and his greatest rewards can come. As a church, we need to stay surrendered. As a church, we need to be ready to sacrifice and live each day with faith and commitment. And I'm so grateful for Rise Up because Rise Up is proof that the things that God wills cannot and will not fail. Let me say that again in another way. Whatever God's behind is going to work. It just takes a people committed to him and a people willing to stay the course in surrender and sacrifice, in faith and in commitment. May God grant us that moving forward. Amen. We're going to close in prayer. So we're like, go ahead. No, you're going to close in prayer. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to turn uh, and gather your families. One of the reasons we wanted our families to all share this together is because parents, we wanted you to impress uh, upon your kids the importance of this day in the life of a church. Us being uh, financially free enables us to live out the vision God has for us in ways that we couldn't before. So help them understand, this is a big deal, it's a big day, and help them remember this day. It's not just thunder sticks and cupcakes. It's a, it's, it's a day where God's grace in a very tangible way has been revealed and experienced by us as a church. Uh, lead your families in prayers, if it's just you and your wife or husband, if it's just you, just take some time, pray, and I'll close this in just a moment. Let's pray. Lord, how beautiful the sound of your people praying. How awesome it is be praying and thanking you for what we're thanking you for, that your grace poured out to us uh, in this, this area of being debt-free. 
Uh, Lord, uh, you sent your son Jesus a couple thousand years ago to pay a debt that none of us could ever pay. Uh, you, you gave him as our stand and as our the recipient of our judgment that our sin brings, and, and, and he took it, and, and because of Christ, we sit here this morning and have uh, a relationship with you through our faith in him. Uh, thanks for paying that debt, God, uh, a debt that we could never pay. Thanks for paying this debt, God, uh, so that we could be uh, more agile in following you as a church. Uh, we look forward, Lord, to the ways that you're going to lead us so that we bring you the glory you deserve. I pray that everybody would remember this day. Uh, as long as they're here, even after they leave here, may, may they remember the joy that comes from seeing you work and, uh, and finishing, God, what you've started. Uh, we know that uh, you began a good work in us uh, two-plus years ago and that you've been faithful to complete it. Uh, so thank you, Lord. We're going to celebrate now by burning a mortgage or whatever this machine's going to do to it. And so, Lord, we just want to thank you one more time for the chance to be able to do this. Let us celebrate. Let's get all undignified in here, God, for your name's sake. And we pray these things as a church, and we say amen. Y'all ready? I said, are y'all ready? All right, everybody up. Let's get this thing going.